0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another hometown Daily News Show. I am Marawat, and today is February 17th, 2023. It's 9 p.m., and you know what that means. Uh, 10 or 11. Today, it's going to be 11 articles. and Let me give you the rundown real quick. Uh, Before I get started, today's episode is going to be titled Threatened Species Are Back and They Want Revenge. Today, we're going to be covering... A DMCA takedown against their own game. There's some dispute between the developer and the publisher. Twenty nine threatened species are back from the brink in Australia, and that's why they want revenge Uh, advocate advocates for uh, modernizing the federal rail break system basically is getting back into motion after all of the incidents. Uh, a Chinese billionaire tech banker has disappeared. Starbucks is being having some recalls of their uh, retail bottles because it has glass in it. Nestle is telling everybody we're going to keep on jacking the prices up. Last year, it was 12%. This year, who knows? The sky's the limit, right? Uh, Taiwan finds a crashed weather balloon on a remote island and says that it might be from China. A sanitation firm uh, has been fined for having children work nights in meatpacking facilities. All right. We're going to talk briefly, briefly about the Marburg virus. You want to know what's common between COVID-19 and Marburg? Bad bat. Thousands of dead men are fighting to be declared alive in India. This is an interesting discussion. And a mysterious object that was destroyed by a $400,000 Sidewinder missile may have been a hobby group's Pico balloon. I have some words. Let's get into today's articles. Hello, hello. I am Merwatt. That is hometown.com. And as usual, the AI from on high, the one, the only AI. Yeah, still no name.
1: Good evening, hometown citizens, and happy Friday.
0: It is Friday. That's right. You know what that means. This top is coming off. And by that, I mean... We're having a good time talking about the news and then after the show is over, we're going to just kind of chill and do the homework necessary to publish it as a, a VOD and over on YouTube and then over into the podcast itself. Um, and of course, do more work in hometown because uh, there are always potholes and just to keep everybody in the loop. We still have the six main articles. There are currently 47 active uh, channels. Uh, we are adding more news sources. We now have pictures for all of the uh, sources of the news, and uh, we are colorizing now all of the uh, group names, which happen to also be the uh, channel names. We've got a whole lot more, right? So now you can yeah i said six categories right no what did i say
1: you said you said six articles
0: oh six articles no we've got 11 articles tonight but six categories here okay so it's friday maybe i haven't had enough caffeine but six main categories for our now Well, the objective is to get to 50 channels. So that's what I want to do. 50 channels, shows that focus on a topic. Um, It might be a compilation type topic like the hometown daily news show, but now the site is dramatically faster. Um, We're colorizing all of the show names and you can now switch seamlessly between 25 and 50 topics per page and you can go back and forth and it's just lightning quick um that said we've got some more uh getting added as time goes on um, including gamification which will return two-factor authentication which will return and that will allow you to increase the security profile of your uh, interactions in hometown and a few more things are going to be coming down the line hopefully in the coming weeks and uh, i will give announcements um including maybe even an app that's going to drive Omtown. for those of you who don't want to use the web directly you can use an app that interacts with Omtown. but that will be announced at a later date but i'm going to tease you so that if you're interested in that kind of stuff go over and sign up become a member a citizen of Omtown, and you will get uh, notified when big things launch not little things like adding the little thumbnails and colorizing a forum but the big things like the app launching and major redesigns Um, we want people to interact with the website and give feedback so with all of that hullabaloo done let's move on to the articles the very first article oh and we actually have little thumbnails these are temporary we're going to evolve those Um, but this is the uh, warcrafters channel and it's all about first-person shooters real-time simulations role-playing games on computers um discussions streamcasts all kinds of stuff um, that's associated with the people and places that involve these three main concepts Um, but this is an indie dev that filed an a dmca takedown against his own game as a dispute with the publisher continues So in December, Conrad uh, Grindheim, which is an awesome name for a person that's making games um, of Conradical Games. This person is just built to do this. Um, Defaced the Steam page of his latest release, the Outbound Ghost, and asked people not to buy it on other platforms, the unusual move came as a result of a dispute between the studio and the publisher, Digerati. I seem to recall hearing that name before Digirati. So, uh, I, when we go over to the source, maybe we can find some more out. Um, and that'll trigger a memory. Cause I'm telling you, I remember Digirati from like 20, 20 years ago. Um, Anyway, Conradical accused Digerati of mishandling the console ports of the game and putting the Steam version on sale without approval and demanded that it relinquish the rights to the game. Digerati filed a lawsuit against Conradical, accusing it of attempting to violate its contract. Um, let's go right on over to the source because it's over at PC Gamer and Andy Chalk is the author. It says here, uh, the outbound ghost is now completely gone from Steam. Yeah, when there's going back and forth, I can pretty much count on the fact that whoever is arguing for control of this, then filing lawsuits and notifying uh, Steam that hey, there's a legal dispute about who has control, they they're probably just gonna pull it offline until control is actually legally assigned to somebody. So um. Conrad Grindheim of uh, Conradical Games posted a video and it looks like it's on YouTube um, saying, I DMCA'd my own indie game. Pretty interesting. Apparently, um, it it actually says here as this little byline here, below the byline actually, um, that it's gone from the Steam game. You know what i'm gonna do this live let me see if it actually is gone um so it's called the outbound ghost right well the demo is still there so actually no it's not that's interesting so
1: well you know what's also weird is their website seems to be down and there's an announcement about the ceo passing but i don't know if that's current or not
0: of Digirati?
1: For D- D- Yeah.
0: That's really weird. I was
1: trying to look up information on it. Um I think I saw something about Digirati D- D- in the last 24 hours, but I can't think of what it was associated with.
0: And not necessarily this, huh? Okay.
1: Right, right.
0: So, um Grindheim reiterated his complaints about the outbound ghost console ports in the video and defended his past criticism of Digirati. Quote, the publisher misled us to believe that the version that was going to be released was in accordance with the agreed quality standards. We trusted them being our publisher, but we never should have um, quite the claim. This Conrad looks so young to me that, I mean, I think this is amazing that somebody created their own game and is now defending the quality of it. So vociferously, I think it's pretty amazing. Uh, So good on him. And... Uh, conradical games i suppose that it's more than just one person um so it said if we had not warned players about the state of the console versions my reputation in this industry would have been ruined forever uh, by no fault of my own pretty spectacular statement right um and uh, Grindheim also accused Igerati of Uh, not paying a single dollar in royalties even though he said the publisher has acknowledged owing the studio a specific amount and claimed that it had been under reporting revenues earned by the outbound ghost through a practice known as sub licensing typically used when a publisher wants to release a physical edition of the game or put it out in tightly regulated uh, regulated uh, regions like china some shifty shenanigans i was gonna say something else but Oh, we're over the eight minute mark, so I could probably there's some shifty shit going on here. Um, So it says uh, for now, Conradical is beginning work on a new game called Soul Stalker. Quote, I need to make a living, especially since the publisher is not paying my company. Grindheim said in the video, which will be funded through Kickstarter and self-published. Good on you. Um, And yeah, now they can do it. On Steam and uh, wish them all the luck. I haven't seen the Outbound Ghost, um, but while it shows up in search results, it does not show up when you actually click on the link in the Steam interface. Um, So hopefully they will get it all back. Um, I think Digirati, if what their claims are true, and they're, you know, it becomes a they said, they said kind of issue. Um, In terms of quality, it's very tough to um, definitively define, right? Just definitively lock down quality unless there is some metric as to what quality standards are. You have to literally write them all out. You have to put a spec sheet together and say, this is what we demand. Um, Obviously, somebody wet the bed here. Hopefully, they have a good attorney. But this doesn't look good for Digirati, But it does look for uh, good for Conradical. So here's to Conradical. What do you think? Um, Do you think that there will be a positive outcome for Conradical? Because the claim really is multifold, right? Quality, payment, enforcement of a contract that might be nebulous. We don't really know because we don't see the term sheet, right?
1: I mean, I think if people like the game, they'll probably rally behind Conradical because I think in general, people think of the large companies as being um, possibly doing shady practices, et cetera. And so I think they'll back Conradical, but it also said further down there that there was a Kickstarter that Conradical wasn't necessarily fulfilling. So I think that's going to get people angry um it just seems like there's a lot going on in this one
0: so um are you referring to this right here or another uh,
1: one it was farther down uh, near the end of the article oh conrad uh, this one end, here. yeah
0: Conradical said in a Kickstarter update posted three weeks ago that those missing rewards and other issues with the game are part of an ongoing legal dispute. Uh, so it was a it was a previous um, Kickstarter, and maybe that's part of the issue. Not that Conradical didn't fulfill it, but that they weren't fulfilled because the publisher didn't right. act properly. I'm just...
1: I'm thinking if I'm one of the backers and I'm not getting whatever I paid for, like are they gonna point that at Conradical, regardless of whether Conradical is the source of the issue?
0: Yeah, because ultimately Conradical is the one that is the tied directly to the Kickstarter benefiting right. from it, um, but so is the publisher in my eyes, I think that there might be some flexibility in this because it does to me. As a consumer, I would look at this and go, you know, maybe something is here um, and uh, it'll have to shake out probably in the courtroom. But in the public's eye, it it looks based on the statements alone, right? If I if Conradical is substantiating them. Yeah, I I don't think that. um, uh, Digirati is going to come out clean hands you know so we'll watch this and if it pops up uh, in hometown we'll revisit it and obviously not everything i consume as the mayor of hometown is only in hometown so um i'll find additional sources and and um, integrate them into the gatherer program so we'll come back to this probably in next week i would say these things tend to either end really quick when they go viral or uh, litigation ramps up really fast and everybody is told just shut the hell up we'll solve this in the courtroom because the public eye basically means you can be doing harm to your own prosecution slash defense because on both sides there is like prosecution and defense um so it's all they said they said because you can't say he said she said anymore it's not accurate um these are companies that are actually fighting for control over the intellectual property and profits so it's always they said they said because there's a plurality of people involved obviously there's names so if you want to uh, pick a side feel free come over throw it in chat that'd be interesting um, <clears throat> you know, I could do that. Actually, I could submit this article. Um, so what we do here in Omtown is we um, throw articles into a thing called Showbot. That's that thing right down there, Omtown.Showbot.TV. I could put Conradical, and I can put um, Digerati into our voting system and you can vote on who you think is going to come out you know Uh, the the superior or the winner of this or on the positive side however you uh, feel like um, characterizing it all it is is a vote you mash the button and it ticks up one Um, you can unvote it but if you vote it then it goes up one so and let's see if we can predict the winner so i'll do that um later on um, after the show. So come on by and hang out. Let's move on to the next article. The next article is in the mobile channel. Um, I still have a project going uh, with mobile that is um, tertiary to Ohm Town, but we'll continue uh, using mobile here in Ohm Town, um, for its current purpose. And then I'll reveal it at a later date what's going on with Marble. um 29 threatened species are back from the brink in Australia. Um, There's a meme about Australia that pretty much everything wants to kill you. Everything in nature just wants to kill humans. Um, Well, Australia's natural world is in deep trouble. Many of our species, and they're speaking from their perspective, not mine. Because, again, there's a meme. If I'm hanging upside down, I'm from Australia, right? If the cat... No? No? Anyway, I thought um, if you
1: were hanging upside down, you're a sloth
0: (laughs) or a bat. Uh, Many of our, yeah, hopefully not a bad bat. Um, Many of our species are getting rare. Some are now perilously close to extinction while entire ecosystems face collapse. True. Um, This is over at fizz.org and uh, John Warnarski, Libby Rumpf, Mark Lintermans sarah Legg and stephen garnett from the conversation all talk about these 29 threatened species are back from the brink in australia and uh, that's where we got our title from because threatened species are back and they want revenge sudden biodiversity loss in events such as the black summer wildfires happened Uh, Against a backdrop of decline due to land clearing, introduced species, and other pervasive threats. By the way, this introduced species thing is taken very serious over in Australia and in New Zealand. Um, You can't bring even pets over without them getting cleared. And um, it's quite fascinating when somebody tries to abuse that. um, Using nothing more than celebrity and hiding obfuscation. Um, I, I still don't know what the outcome of that case is. I won't even get too deep into it and name people, but, um, pretty fascinating that the struggle apparently is real for even Australia or New Zealand to prosecute people who are, um, celebrities, but I would have been thrown in jail before I even got, you know, out of town. <laughs> Anyway, for example, Australia's threatened bird species, declined in abundance by an average of 44% from 2000 to 2016. It's easy to lose heart, to be uh, numbed by despair for an ever diminishing natural world, or to dismiss our environmental laws and management as useless and broken. Um, I only think sociopaths feel that way. Um, Anybody who cares about the the natural world, the world in general, um, and and has a heart to to look around. You know, um, it, it's not easy to lose heart. It's very frustrating and um, anger-inducing for many people. Um, but according to this article, there are 29 reasons to not give up hope. New research has found 15 threatened mammal, eight bird, four frog, one reptile, and one uh, fish species have recovered enough that they no longer meet their criteria as threatened not bad you know what happened i'm wondering if the bulk of that recovery was the last two and a half years what do you think from 20 oh
1: my gosh i bet it is
0: yeah um let's see if
1: we've seen that in other news articles it's right not that they've come back from threatened but just that the populations are flourishing
0: Yep. Um, But they say here that these recoveries stem largely from years of collaborative conservation between government agencies, conservation organizations, First Nations groups and individuals. Um, I'm not sure why we don't refer to the original peoples of North America as First Nations. I mean, they had the, the same organizational units that one would refer to as nation states but they're just not geopolitical they were natural borders that would kind of flow with the people that were fighting the edges for territory right i don't know why we don't refer right but to- don't
1: you have to kind of acknowledge that as an entire society which
0: Right, right. I'm right. not
1: sure that's collectively acknowledged in the US. I mean, right. certainly it is by some people.
0: Manifest destiny and all of that kind of stuff. You got to marginalize the people and then just move into where they lived. Got it. Like, I don't know, build the biggest lithium mine on sacred ground. Yeah.
1: Right. I mean, and I don't live in Australia, but I got the impression that there's a different outlook, but I may be wrong.
0: Oh, I don't think that you're wrong. Um, I think that, I think you're right on target. So um, different mindset uh, entirely, different culture entirely. Um, Unfortunately, it is that way. So because it's impossible to eradicate the millions of cats and foxes across Australia, um, recovery of these threatened mammals has largely relied on a network of havens, islands, and mainland enclosure or exclosures. Uh, that fence out predators once cats and foxes are excluded and or and or er eradicated um threatened mammals can bounce back so pretty cool right so they go into a couple of examples and all that but i'm really curious if the recovery rate accelerated in nothing more than the last two and a half years because i mean the the real recovery Um, period where humans weren't doing anything wouldn't necessarily mean that, um, animals weren't, uh, you know, reproducing out of control, um, because like cats and, and foxes and whatnot are actually controlled largely by the human population and other predators. Um, I know that there had been an instance where like rats, just like went crazy i think in australia there was our mice and might one of them um maybe it was mice uh, because there was so much uh food stock um seeds and and stuff like that in open air enclosures they were just by the droves all over the place um, and i think that happened in the last two years two and a half years so Um, I think these kind of efforts are tremendous and going against um, the tide of things like cats and and other introduced species. Um, So it's pretty amazing to recover 29 species, almost all of the 29 uh, we consider have recovered, um, have not been officially taken off the list of threatened species, at least not yet. Uh, recognizing that these recoveries uh, are important it says recoveries is important Um, these cases merit celebration and we should try to apply the lessons learned to other threatened species totally agree um so here's to
1: oh i was gonna say um australia is one of two countries that is known to have mouse plagues just like you were mentioning (laughs) And they've happened several times, and I'm looking at a picture with just a gazillion mice. In it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's videos, um, and they're unsettling Is all get out. Um, what's the other country, uh, Australia, and what? China. China?
1: Oddly, because it's not like an island nation or something, um, that's kind of surprising to me.
0: Wow, wow, That's a, that is pretty amazing. Um, so I suppose it's how, you know, food sources get stored, um, that l- really leads to that, but it's weird that it's referred to as a, what do they call it? A mouse plague? A
1: mouse plague.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd rather not. Let's move on to the next article. Um, this next article is in the daily news show advocates renew call to modernize federal rail brake systems following Ohio train derailment. Um, This is going to have momentum, um, hopefully much like a train, it's going to take a long time uh, to stop this and if it does get stopped, I think the next catastrophe that happens around a a train and maybe a systemic brake, maintenance, etc. failure is going to just force the hand of the federal government to really lean into this. Um, It says, as a public health and environmental disaster unfolds following the derailment and explosion of a toxic chemical cargo train in East Palestine, by the way, Palestine, um, East Palestine, Ohio. Out of 12 of the toxic chemical carrying cars, 11 of them derailed.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that. I hadn't seen that in the articles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So advocacy groups renewed their challenge to the U.S. Department of Transportation's 2018 repeal of a regulation requiring electronic brake systems for trains carrying hazardous and flammable material. Um, frankly, I think if it's good enough for um, you know hazardous and flammable material, I think it should be on every train. Because it would mitigate the the harm done to every single thing on the train, regardless of what it is, toxic or not. You know, it's a sunk cost too. just maintain it after that cost. Fine, you know, but I'm telling you, every time I read more about it, I just go, oh, greedy bastards. That's all it is. Greedy bastards and people being told. Uh, and I'm talking about the, the administration of these companies, the executive suites um, and senior leadership being told by stakeholders and stockholders that you have to increase profits ever onward upward. Um, you have to keep doing it, you have to keep doing it. At some point for them to either keep their job or be able to migrate to another better paying job, they have to keep on showing increased profits um, until they exit or they get their golden parachute one or the other, right? Because you either, um, well, I don't know. You basically exit a hero or you die a villain. And in this particular case, these guys are sitting there saying, uh, well, you know, we were following the regulations. We were following the rules, but there's largely no rules. There's local Um, monitoring and stuff like that, but it's understaffed, etc. Then you get people lobbying to lower the rules and regulations and oversight for these companies to exploit the dark. Um, And this is the result of it, right? So in 2018, the federal agencies charged with regulating hazardous materials and trains actually removed safety rules Requiring modern braking systems, but they failed to conduct mandated safety tests, used inaccurately low estimates of accidents and risks, and restricted public participation. Earth Justice, on behalf of Waterkeeper Alliance, Sierra Club, um, Riverkeeper, uh, Washington uh, goes on. This is uh, just a big list. Sierra Club, Riverkeeper, Washington conser- uh, Conservation Action and Stand appealed the rule, but agencies failed to respond, siding with companies like Norfolk um, Southern, who lobbied against more stringent safety requirements. And the dot silence meant that more explosive tank cars with Civil War era braking systems traveled through towns and neighborhoods. You know, I, again, I, I need to make it abundantly clear. We don't read these articles before, like verbatim before the show. Um, we typically have consumed some news about it and, or have some experience in this, um, and, uh, you're right. I'm sorry. I, I, um, I didn't say the name of this article, but it's hard to name who all is involved. Um, i think all of these people are no 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 it's not this it, it it would be tough for me to say who all is involved with this article because uh, those are points of contact not for the article um, but it looks like it might be a newswire release um, from CommonDreams.org uh through their the progressive newswire so i'll say the names of the people uh aaron fitzgerald Lori harrison uh sean dixon Cindy Carr and Chase Lindemann um are associated with those um what do you want to call earth organizations justice? nonprofits yeah, nonprofits um so um this is a really long article it does a, a rather deep dive into what is going on with this um but suffice it to say uh with just a little bit of observing of history of business practices um, and historical business practices, you can come to the conclusion that this existed because of lack of maintenance and lack of oversight, lack of rules, regulations, policy and procedure in an effort to ever increase profits. So it's always profits over people for many, many old school companies and old school mentalities, but millennials and zoomers, you talk to either one of that, um, generation of people and they really, for the, maybe it's just the anecdote. Um, but for the life of me, it ends up being that they don't see the world that way. They don't want to risk driving a multi-train toxic vehicle through a town and risk everybody there and nature just for some profits. Um, and that, but that's what's going on here. It was all kicked to the side, uh, in an effort to mitigate the extraordinary costs of normal business operations, yet they have massive profits each quarter. Massive, ever onward, ever upward profits. Steaming into the station like a train, out of control, costing, what, how many, how many people are sick? How much land is harmed? And this is just that one, the Ohio.
1: 5 million people. Five million people in are serviced by that river, which again it could go beyond the river, and it could be air, soil, um, and what what citizen would really want, even just from a just a train safety, not even chemicals, would right. not want adequate brakes on a train. Right.
0: Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, I saw a video earlier today um, involving. A stream that is offset from this incident um, where somebody walked up with a brick or or a piece of concrete or a rock or something. I didn't actually make out what it was that they threw in there, but the water was clear on top. I mean, it was like regular, like uh, sedimentary type of suspended dirt kind of thing of a stream. But then they threw something in which looked like a rock and the stuff that came out of that train had settled to the bottom of that stream and bubbled up like you would uh, it it, suddenly rainbows appeared it was a nightmare um like just imagine scooping up some of that stuff and and thinking or animals uh or where it's all seeping to and being carried down the stream absolutely disgusting and the person um on the video said it's all settled to the bottom so you don't even see it pretty amazing um and meanwhile you know people are they're going to litigate to mitigate the costs instead of doing leaning into doing the right humanitarian thing um because they were initially going to just kick 25 grand to people um and then more and more public, this would have disappeared if not for technology, driving home the, the messaging that this shit's taking place right under everybody's nose. It would have just disappeared if not for technology. Um, this is how abuse happens. And thankfully, there's technology that's blasting this message out to show people what's really happening uh, in the name of profits. So um, I soapboxed quite a bit for this. Um, did you want to add anything to it in your observations? Nope. Okay. No, I don't yeah. have
1: anything to add. Uh, but I do think it's good that the journalists out there are covering stories like this. I know it helps the, with the online reach to get it to a broader audience. But I think it's a pretty important story.
0: Yeah, there was another streamer. I've I've since walked away from their stream. I might go back just to... Uh, hear what they're talking about, but they started out basically saying, and they're a political streamer. They basically said that this was nothing. It wasn't important to talk about. It wasn't. um, Meanwhile, their audience was sitting there going, dude, you need to pay more attention to this. And he's like, well, why is it important? You tell me. Um, But he kind of, he tends to shit on the, his audience, but I I don't know what it is uh, that a lot of people just get off on that. Like when the streamer sits there and, and tells the, The people in chat to shut the hell up that he's tired of their whining and all that kind of stuff there's another game streamer here on twitch that does the same thing and and it's almost meme level you know people are sitting there just overcome with joy it's just a a, a weird dynamic but um yeah not here I, i try to avoid like deep political partisanship but there is some right and wrong that is plainly obvious and trying to minimize the obvious massive impact of this accident um, from any other corner than fighting for recovery for the people and recovery for nature Um, that's the only corner uh, a non-sociopath should be in you should you should really be fighting for right here Anyway, on the other side of things, um, literally on the other side of the planet, um, is a, a Chinese billionaire tech banker, Bao Fan, has gone missing. Uh, this has to be at least the third one in as many years, um, but don't hold me to that. Um, disappearance of Chinese Renaissance chair raises fears of fresh crackdown on China's finance industry. There was a, another tech uh, centric billionaire that went missing. Um, I don't know if they've ever, uh, come back. I, I, I don't recall. It's largely not on my radar. Um, mainly because what am I supposed to do other than talk about it publicly?
1: Right. At least half a billion, um, excuse me, half a billion, half a dozen billionaires, have gone missing from china over the last um sorry in the few, last few years
0: right uh so let me let me just jump on over so it was the the firm that he works for that um reported him missing um amy hawkins and agencies is the uh, byline here but it's over at the guardian at theguardian.com And uh, let's see, shares in China Renaissance slumped after the bank announced uh, to the Hong Kong Stock Exchange on Thursday that it had been unable to contact Bao Without giving further details, the stock plunged 50% at one point after the statement before clawing back to about 30% down. So I guess a lot of it is highly focused on one particular person and then the knock-on effect that maybe the government is disappearing people in an effort to i don't know what um educate realign i'm not sure just plain disappear and punish Uh, who knows maybe he's on long-term vacation um in uh some far away place right maybe he's
1: i mean you mean connected with some of the balloon incidents recently
0: Oh right, I mean he is a high-flying uh, billionaire. Maybe he's hanging out in one of the balloons or Crimea. I don't know, um, but they've disappeared, right? Um, is a major figure in the Chinese tech industry and has played an important role in the emergence of a string of large domestic internet startups. So this person, can you imagine if that's how it is? The person wakes up one morning and uh the ccp says i uh, we're gonna take control of you you know 80 percent of your corporation Um, and they say no and right there boom disappeared we're gonna have you learn who's really in control but then again maybe they're gonna turn up right
1: well at Mm -hmm. least one person who went missing previously did turn up so i don't know if that's been reported what happened during their absence
0: Right. And that's what I'm curious about. So at least six billionaires have been cowed under Xi or she actually that's how it's pronounced she including Jack Ma, who is the one that I most notably um, remember um, briefly disappearing after criticizing market regulators. Willer Chen, a senior analyst at Forsyth Bar Asia, told Bloomberg the executive's absence, quote, could be a long-term overhang on the stock, given Bao is the uh, key man for the company. So who knows what's going to happen with the stock? There has been rumors of um, financial and technology-based businesses being kind of forcefully audited um, by the government uh, to... Uh, correct for internal issues. I don't know what that actually all means. Um, but China Renaissance has developed into a global financial institution with more than 700 employees and offices in Beijing, Shanghai, Hong Kong, Singapore, and New York. Um, that seems like a large footprint for only 700 people, considering there are law firms with 10,000 attorneys spread in that many locations. Um, I, I just think that it's actually kind of spread thin, but okay. Um, pretty amazing becoming a billionaire at, with uh, that few of, um, offices. Okay. Um, obviously I'm not a for, fortune, uh, 500 business owner and, uh, far from doing business in China, uh, Desmond Shum, uh, A Chinese former tycoon speculated that Bao may have been a target because of his insider knowledge of such deals. Mergers of big companies often involve political as well as business connections. Sure. And um, a a, a massive footprint is controlled by the Chinese Communist Party, which is tightly controlled. I mean, it's the Chinese equivalent of oligarchs. Um, So I guess we'll see. I don't know what the status of Jack Ma is. Has he been hobbled in his pursuits, or did uh, was he did he quote unquote fall in line? You know, that's actually my statement. <coughs> um, maybe I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out. I'll do some due diligence um, and see uh, what went down. If anything comes of it, uh, maybe Jack Ma is just kind of chill now.
1: He's outside of China. He was last seen in Japan.
0: Oh, so he got away, so to speak. Right? Yeah. I would probably think that, Yeah, I don't know if they do the same thing that, you know, Russian, um, antagonists get subjected to. So if Jack Ma learns to fly who knows? Hey, let's move on to the next article. Uh, the next article is in the Daily News Show. Uh, Starbucks bottles recalled due to some drinks possibly containing glass. I used to drink these all the time. I, I gave up this um, habit. Um, you know, I would uh, I'd, I'd walk up to strangers um, to get a Starbucks vanilla frappuccino and say, do you have any frap, Man, because I really need some frap." You got any FRAP? Anyway, I'm glad that there's quality control because I would have been destroyed had I grabbed a Starbucks vanilla Frappuccino bottle that's been recalled due to some drinks possibly containing glass. And the company said the impacted products were distributed nationwide. So guess what, folks? Here is today's PSA. Uh, It's actually written by Kelly McCarthy. Um I, this is GMA, which is Good Morning America, if I recall correctly. Um so the impacted products have best buy dates of March 8th, 2023 to May 29th, 2023, June 4th, 2023, and June 10th, 2023, and were distributed across the United States. So that uh, that umami taste feel that you have in your uh, vanilla frappuccino from starbucks uh, from retail outlets that might be class just want to let you know uh, the removal of these products from marketplaces is currently underway the products are not uh, sold at starbucks retail locations which is absolutely freaking ironic <laughs> uh, they don't even <laughs> sell them in their own retail outlets um I guess it's to force you to buy a $5, uh, $5 plus Frappuccino um, instead of just a bottled one. How nice of them um, to capitalize on <laughs> balkanization. So uh, the representative did not explain to ABC news why the recall was initiated, though the FDA said it was due to foreign objects, AKA glass in the bottles. Um, that's kind of weird that a rep wouldn't disclose why it was initiated but they found out through the fda so did they did somebody from abc news like call up starbucks and say hey do you want to tell us why the f fda um disclosed that you have a recall of your bottles uh, it's such a goofy question oh we want to hear from you <laughs>
1: It doesn't sound like they provided a response, although I mean, this sounds like a canned response, maybe a press release or something.
0: Interesting. Um, This video has absolutely nothing to do with with, the article, so I don't know why they play video in the background. It's weird. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the next article. Uh, We're going to end up with a three hour show at the pace we're going. Uh, for those of you who are listening to this via podcast, no, it's not going to be a three-hour show. Just don't start skipping around, folks. It's only probably in an hour and 15 minutes. Um, maybe two. Oh, maybe three. Let's keep moving. So, Nestle, the world's uh, biggest bastard. I mean, oh God, I got to activate that filter faster. Nestle, the world's At least biggest. are
1: your the eight-minute mark.
0: Well past, well past. Uh, We're past the 48-minute mark. Um, Nestle, the world's biggest consumer food company, says it'll keep hiking prices in 2023 and that its rivals will have to do the same thing. They actually refer to this as gravity. The company said gravity will eventually mean its competitors have have to do the same thing. I'm not quite sure why they refer to it as gravity like everybody is gonna have to do it because nestle is doing it well you raised your (sighs) food and drinks conglomerate nestle says it'll continue putting up prices this is a bbc article if i recall correctly oh it's a business insider article Um, but putting up prices is typically it's a uk thing that i've that's where i typically hear it um Uh, Not in the United States. Uh, We say raising prices. Um, We'll continue putting up prices in 2023. Nestle put up prices, uh, put prices up by 8.2% globally in 2022, rising to 11.6% in North America. Okay. That seems rather predatory. I I hope everybody just kind of kicks Nestle to the curb. But guess what? Through mergers and acquisitions, those bastards own everything. Everything. You go to your pantry right now, open up a cupboard, and grab uh, anything related to cereal, and guess what? It's gonna be Nestle. Um, or some subsidiary they're in where it's really kind of shadowy that you don't necessarily know the connection until you do a deep dive on the internet to find out that, you know, whatever it is, it's it's owned by Nestle. And then they said that gravity will eventually mean that it's competitors have to do the same thing. So it's the equivalent of, um, investors. Maybe that's what it is. Gravity means investors saying we demand ever increasing profits. No, come on. It's time for that societal seismic shift. Um, to stop being greedy bastards. The only reason why prices are ever increasing is because there are greedy bastards out there demanding more money. Yet I've had conversations with people where they said, I'd, I'd rather have more money than friends, um, which is shocking to hear from people that um, I respect. Uh, but anyway, Grace Dean over at Business Insider uh, wrote this article. And uh, the food and drink a uh, conglomerate Nestle says it'll continue putting up prices in 2023 um, and uh, tells everybody you're going to have to do it, too, because, well, we're doing it. So inflation has left its mark on gross margins and profit margins, CEO Mark Schneider told investors, and clearly some repairing still needs to be done. That's exactly what I just got done saying. <laughs> the entire thing they say inflation, but it's the producer price index putting downward pressure, or I should say upward pressure on and like, and by upward, I mean, it is raising the CPI, the consumer price index. How do I, I can substantiate this claim by the way, because, um, I monitor the St. Louis fed, which is, uh, which, uh, discloses economic data on the regular. And so, the producer price index has actually been going down um, for several months a downward trend uh, largely from july 2022 until december 2022 but it has picked back up but did you see prices declining anywhere no why
1: i uh, know everything has still continued to go up in price
0: because they saw people still purchasing stuff, and here's another indicator. Everybody says, "Well, look, hey, it declined a little bit." The consumer price index it has not declined since July 2022. The, per, the consumer price index hasn't declined since 20, July 2022, and that was largely flat from June. I have to go back prior to March of 2021, just to find where the limit is in the incline of the consumer price index. And to find where it actually kicked off inclining is May, 2020. It has been on an upward trajectory from 255.868 to where it is today 300.56, or sorry, 300.536. This thing has been skyrocketing since the pandemic and the producer price index has followed suit. So you can see why the consumer price index keeps going up and the producer price index are matched. So no joke, it's the producers, and that is largely weighed by fuel costs. So look at the, the cost for gasoline and diesel in particular, and you'll be able to point fingers at who's really screwing over society, and it's oil and gas companies. So you want to be pissed off about something? Don't be pissed off about politics. Be pissed off about Little Sister. Reaching into your pockets time after time, a little bit of taxes goes a long way in putting some downward pressure on companies because there's regulation and oversight and monitoring of companies and well, getting taxes back so that when. When companies are basically monitored and prevented from acquiring other companies to the point where mergers and acquisitions eliminate competition, that's when society suffers. Um, And there's a whole historical record for that. Um, Anyway, uh, did you wanna say anything about this Nestle thing?
1: I've got nothing to add.
0: Yeah. See, the AI, I guess, is a programmed by me, and so um, maybe has an affinity for what I'm talking about. But don't worry, folks. The AI will diverge from me at some point. Um, it, it, it happens often enough um, in non-streamed conversation. So uh, this next article is in the Hatch Ideas channel. Taiwan finds crashed weather balloon on a remote island and says it's likely from China. There's not really much to say here. Um, We'll go over to the article. It's at CNBC, uh, and it's a Reuters article, and they said that it's a sphere. Um, They found the remains of a probable crashed weather balloon likely from China on a uh, remote and, and strategically located island near the Chinese coast amid a dispute between China and the United States over spy balloons. Not even sure why all of that was mentioned, but... Um, It says the sphere is about one meter in diameter with an instrument box marked with simplified Chinese characters which are used in China but not Taiwan and the wording Taiyun Radio No. 1 Factory Company Limited GTS-13 Digital Datmospheric Sounding Instrument and Meteorological Instrument So maybe this one is actually nothing more than the dreaded weather balloon But it's weird.
1: Well, at least it's marked that way. That doesn't mean it is actually a weather balloon,
0: right? Um, It said it uh, observed an unknown object falling from the sky, then found the remnants of a balloon with a uh, on a shooting range. But it says the sphere was one meter in diameter. I mean, what what was flying around? What is it made of? They hint at balloon, but a sphere one meter around. Do you refer to a balloon as a sphere? Not unless it's fully inflated and hovering um, in space.
1: I don't, and I'm surprised it's a sphere also, because we've seen other shapes reported in recent things.
0: Oh, and wait until we get to the end of all of the news. We're 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 about 80% into the show here, folks. But Actually, maybe 60. Anyway, let's let us just keep on hustling through the news. We can't really say much about this because nobody really knows what's going on with these balloons and uh, unidentifiable aircraft, whatever it is. Anyway, the next article is in the Hatch Ideas channel. U.S. food sanitation firm fined for children worked nights. More than 100 teenagers aged between 13 and 17 worked for a sanitation company according to the department of labor and a bunch of news agencies this article is from the bbcnews.com site Um, natalie sherman is the author and they actually name what it is they name the company packer sanitation services said that the firm had a zero tolerance policy against against um employing anyone under the age of 18 and had conducted multiple audits and additional training after it became aware of the allegations. So it's a, they defined it as a systemic failure by the company. Uh, uh, where are all now, now I'm really curious. I'll have, I didn't, I had heard about this elsewhere and then, um, it was found in, in, um, hometown. And uh, I'm really curious where all it took place, because I wonder if it's within the states that are chomping at the bit to employ teenagers in such places as meatpacking facilities and metalworking facilities um, and maybe even coal mines. Who knows um, where all now um, these lunatics want to hire children between 13 and 17 Says um roughly a fifteen thousand dollar penalty per person was the maximum allowed. Do you really think that it should be a maximum allowed? Obviously No. There are parents that are also responsible for this because they Thank enabled you. it. Where are the damn parents?
1: So well exactly. It's one thing for the eighteen year olds. I'm not condoning the eighteen year olds, but What are the parents of the 13 year olds doing when their kids are working a night shift at a slaughterhouse? One of the states reported in an article in another source was from Nebraska, but I don't know if that was the only location.
0: Yeah, I think that we've spoken about this um, to the tune of maybe how many, there were four or five states that were um, leaning into the idea of Removing liability for harm, even if somebody is killed in one of these facilities. Um, I wonder if this is hand in hand. It says uh, the teens worked across eight states at 13 plants of major firms. Um, th- this is just lunacy. It's so sociopathic. Let kids be kids. In 2022, the agency handled more than 800 cases of child labor violations involving nearly 4,000 minors. Minors, not minors. Uh, Children up sharply from 2015. U.S. child labor rules bar employment of uh, those under the age of 14. Teens aged 14 and 15 cannot work after 7 p.m. during the school year or past 9 p.m. over the summer. And 18-year-olds can work wherever they want to because they're the age of majority. But anybody younger than that needs parental approval to some degree, I would think. I mean... Where are the damn parents? They're just as culpable for this. It's not like there's some 14 year old jumping out of their bedroom window and running off to a meat packing facility to sanitize uh, meat cuttings. I mean, there were things referred to as head splitters. Yeah. Y'all need to see the error message that the AI throws okay folks um there's not much else that can be said about this it'll probably i'm going to do some due diligence and find out if uh these eight states align directly with our past discussion about this child labor issue um who knows i mean um maybe there's i don't something. think
1: they do well that's not true i don't think they align with the states that we've been talking about but at least one of the states is promoting child um, removal of child labor law protections and that's Arkansas and that was one of the affected states but I don't see any of the states we've been discussing previously in hometown
0: uh, it's just all twisted here let's hustle on to the next article uh, this next one and as usual I'm throwing them all into the show notes and I'm throwing them into the VOD and I'm throwing them um, into the um, show notes for the podcast as well um this uh, next one we kind of get a little dark here because um this has the potential of being another outbreak kind of uh, virus it's a, what is marburg virus uh, another country records first ever outbreak um, i'm gonna kind of hustle through this because um, it really just comes down to yes i said it earlier a bad bat Uh, Taylor Delandro is the author over at The Hill for an article, a section called Changing America. Um, The article goes into where uh, these outbreaks are taking place, but it's similar to Ebola um, in its nature, its hemorrhagic um, virus that basically... Um, spreads based off of bodily fluids uh, of infected people. So you have to be uh, super careful about everything from spit to blood to whatever. Um, And uh, traveling, this can just slide on by because it's not like it's detected. We're not in Star Trek universe where I can detect when a virus is running through you. Um, But all hell breaks loose when you are infected by this. Um, It Talks about what the symptoms are. uh, Headache, chills, malaise. Um, By the time that happens, you're pretty much deep into it. Um, And uh, it can show up from nothing to uh, just launching and um, it gets worse. So I won't go too deep into this, um, but it has the potential to spread anywhere. Um, But it's uh, largely in African countries right now, as far as I know
1: well and the one of the stats in the article was that it in a prior outbreak it, it had killed 90 percent of the people infected i mean that's pretty virulent
0: yeah and again it actually spawned from in, in this case as well they say that it spawned from a bad bat um, they have an amazing immune system uh, it, it's actually the foundation of the of the movie morbius um but uh, don't don't go and get bit by a bat thinking that you're going to get a superpower. Uh, that's not how it works. Um, this next article, as much as this sounds like it is uh, dark and foreboding, uh, thousands of quote unquote dead men are fighting to be declared alive. Um, it's actually quite interesting. So, uh, Vice has this article. Uh, over on its site, vice.com, and it's titled Thousands of Dead Men Are Fighting to Be Declared Alive in India. A growing community of the living dead is exposing weak land laws and a trail of land grabs. Uh, Pallavi Pundir is the author of this article. Um, and basically, what's been going on is people are being declared deceased, yet they're alive. And because they're deceased, they have no rights. They have no voice. They don't own anything. They don't control anything. They lose bank accounts. They lose their life because they are declared dead yet. They're showing up in places, bribing people so that they could obtain some control of their, uh, former life. Um, in 1986, uh, one person traveled 172 miles from uh, Mubarakpur. Um, town to the state capital, Lucknow, to create havoc at a legislative assembly session. And he was arrested for seven hours, but was released because. You want to take a stab at why he was released?
1: Well, I see I got it. <laughs> I would not have guessed that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Technically, he was declared dead. So, of course, it can't be him. So, you're not here. Quote, I was this close to picking up weapons too, 68-year-old uh, Bihari told Vice World News. This is not how I thought my life would turn out. And this is something that I've said um, in history. Um, uh, talking to people about why people lash out and do violent things, um, there are, uh, there's usually a plurality of issues, but largely it's when you lose everything you have no voice, you, you aren't being heard you have no opportunity. You, and everything is just unattainable, even a little semblance of control of your life. And you don't have the coping skills to simply uh, accept this fate, whatever it might be. Um, people sometimes pick up weapons and, and do horrible deeds with them. Um, and, uh, a, a conversation like that doesn't get met uh, kindly in any way, even casual discourse about it and making that statement, a lot of people get bent out of shape as if I'm saying something that's just not founded in reality, but it's absolutely true. Um, people lash out when they lack opportunity, um, and they don't have the coping skills necessary to uh, disengage from that stressor or or change the dynamic. Um, you know, uh, if you lose your job and you only know one thing um getting retooled for a new job is harrowing at best um very expensive time consuming etc so sometimes people just break um and in this case people are actually holding up newspapers saying that i'm alive um doing things publicly so that they can be seen as seen um And it says uh, land is the biggest asset in India with 1.4 billion people. It's on its way to be the most populated country in the world, but it's riddled with unequal land distribution. India's last census in 2013 found that 7% of Indians control over 47% of the country's land. Six in 10 Indians depend on the land that they live on to grow food and feed their family. So it gets acquired because the people are declared dead and there's so much chaos in the administration that you can be declared dead and lose everything before you can fight the declaration that you've been declared dead (laughs) it's fascinating this is an actual very interesting article although i'm not doing even close to justice in terms of the fidelity of this paper or this uh, article if you were to read it you would continuously be astonished um, for instance, in 2018, an elderly couple was smothered uh, by a 26-year-old daughter um, with an alleged land grab motive, and it goes on and on like that. Um, it's it's astonishing, um, but you have to, they would have to dig really deep to find that they did this with the objective of uh, a land grab. It only happened to be investigated. How many other people have fallen prey to this uh, type of mechanism? Pretty wild. This is Um,
1: really interesting. There's even some things about religious ownership and whether God is dead. I mean, I'm not trying to get into a religious discussion, but this article is pretty fascinating.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of um, strata of who who can talk to who and who can live where and, and things like that. It, it's shocking. Um, and then when you do a deeper dive into how people um, have to get from one place to a job, um, they pile onto trains and, and risk their lives. Uh, I, population density is out of control. Um, at least that's uh, an American perspective. Obviously, it's an American perspective. Um, but I would, I would say that, um, things are, I don't know, just a little, a little too compacted. Um, but I don't have an adequate, you know, um, understanding of, um, Indian culture. So anyway, um, before we get too far, let's keep on going uh, with our news. Uh, the next article is in the daily news show. And uh, this one is titled mysterious object destroyed by a $400,000 sidewinder missile may have been a hobby group balloon. Um, that costs just $12. Now I'm going to just come right out of the gate and say that if it is this case, then if it is this, then I'm astonished. Um, supposedly more than one, of these sidewinder missiles was fired. One missed that was actually disclosed, but I heard earlier today that four in total were fired at this object. Not quite sure if that's true, Um, but I think that this is not the case with this object. I don't think it was a a little Pico balloon and I'll show you why here in a minute, unless they tuned this radar down. And by the way, I've got some experience, um, with research of radar because I had actually put a paper together, um, to do, um, long-term surveillance of combat theaters using drone technology. Um, and, um, the, the sensors involved with that, um, were weaker than this. Um, but had the same level of fidelity, like you could target a dime, um, from you know, 60,000 feet. Well, at any rate, um, they say that, and they being this little, um, Northern Illinois bottle cap balloon brigade told aviation week and business insider grabbed this article. And let me uh, say the name of the person, Tom Porter put this together over at business insider, um, Well, they said this Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade told Aviation Week that their balloon had gone missing right around the time that it was blown out of the sky, supposedly by the Air Force using a Sidewinder heat-seeking missile. Now, I know that um, one of these Sidewinder missiles could pretty much target... um, something somewhere around to the tune of six millimeters. So I have no real issue with that, but there isn't a fighter pilot on the planet that's going to float by this in their multi-million-dollar jet. And, uh, you know what? I can't do it justice because there are no pictures uh, on here, but I'm going to go over to the aviation week link and I'm going to show you what this thing looked like. Okay, so this is supposedly what it looked like. And this is over at AviationWeek.com by Steve Trimble. Um, Hobby Club's missing balloon feared shot down by USAF. And they talk about this um, being like a $12 Pico balloon is what it's referred to as. A scientific balloon solutions Pico balloon. Um, and, you know, I don't know, we're really far into the today's show. This is bad, bat batshit crazy to think that they fired multiple $400,000 Sidewinder missiles at some transparent fluff floating around taking measurements after it supposedly circumnavigated the world a couple of times, according to these, th- these articles. So let's go back to the original source that I found this article from. Um, it said the club ha- that had been tracking the course of its silver Pico balloon and that at last reported position was February 10th at 39,000, I round up 39,000 feet off the coast, the West coast of Alaska. Right. So this tiny little transparent balloon floating around uh, became the target of an F-22 fighter pilot because they felt that it was a threat. To what, right? I mean, planes have to deal with bird strikes and, and survive a bird strike. This is a little balloon, a little transparent piece of fluff. Do you really think that it's yeah. going to provoke a military response from an F-22 F- jet?
1: I don't think the size of it and what it looks like would have prompted that to be a threat.
0: So they said that it was cylindrical in nature, okay? That's the fighter pilot saying that it was cylindrical in nature and flying at the same location and at the same altitude as the club's Pico Balloon. That's not what they said. They said that it was flying in, in the location and at an altitude around forty thousand feet, but they didn't say that it that the, the, the the people are saying that it's the people reporting in and, and the club and um this this other aviation week thing uh, this is just kind of like a uh, I don't know like a clicky kind of hey this is really funny and another stream was actually talking about this in that joking manner that like the government fired four sidewinder missiles at this thing I just don't believe it I don't buy into it for a second um, And the the club's pico balloon isn't cylindrical in nature It's a balloon and it might have some little dangly bit hanging from it, but it's not cylindrical in nature to the point where a fighter pilot is going to zip past it at near the speed of sound and go, Oh, it's a threat to humanity. Let's eliminate it with multiple sidewinders. I think it's batshit crazy to even, um, go beyond just kind of, no, just shaking your head. No. Now, kind of like um, Bitcoin, I will acknowledge if I'm wrong. If this turns out that, yeah, they fired uh, $1.2 million worth of Sidewinder missiles at a $12 Pico balloon, uh, I'll admit I'm wrong. Um, and, And the next time a Pico balloon provokes a military response, I will back away from even talking about it. Um and I say that because in the in light of uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin is broaching twenty five thousand um, dollars. and I said that it wouldn't hit twenty five grand again for like a decade. Um, but somewhere along the line, people started scooping up Bitcoin, constraining its distribution because I don't know of a lot of people actually utilizing Bitcoin anywhere. It's still fear of missing out. but when uh, when company or I should say when trading platforms and mining companies have $35,000 as their historical median price point and they can purchase at $13,000, it lowers that median price point down almost to you know, $15,000 if they get enough of them. And what happens when there's a constrained amount in, in process and available for use, that price goes shooting back up because Fear of missing out causes people that are willing to pay a higher price to trade Bitcoins ever increasing, betting that somebody else will flinch. So I have to eat some crow. If this thing hits 25 grand, I will totally admit it. Just like I will admit that if the, if the (laughs) Department of Defense announces tomorrow that yes, they fired, you know, actually it's 1.6 million because they say four of them supposedly were fired. Um, one point six million dollars to take down a twelve dollar pico balloon. Yeah, I'll eat some crow. I'll I'll talk about it publicly. Anyway, what do you think? Do you think that the the government should I should I um elicit a response from the AI? I don't know. You wanna take the risk?
1: I mean, I don't think I don't think there's a strong chance that the Pico balloon is what was targeted and shot down, it doesn't look like anything that would remotely resemble a threat. Um, On the other hand, I am not sure, is this the one that was supposedly the second incident? Like Things were ramped up quite a bit after the one that was shot down after South Carolina so if this turns out to be accurate is it like an overreaction oh my goodness there's anything in the sky I would hope if we're shooting missiles at things that were being a little more uh
0: yeah uh, so I don't know whatever, maybe
1: analytical or whatever
0: yeah if uh they they started overreacting I I'd hate to see what a real threat would provoke as a response I mean mutually assured destruction because somebody uh did something a little bit more errant than uh, flying a balloon over the the pole uh, what kind of reaction is firing a sidewinder at a $12 balloon um i don't know but then again you talk to the right person and they'll say well an unused weapon is an unused is a waste of uh, taxpayer dollars so fire those things off you know that there's a shelf life for these sidewinder missiles you can't you know be storing them so long that they end up being duds out on the battlefield come on we got to rotate those things out like boxes of Cheerios
1: their budget for next time oh we had to use this this many of them
0: yeah there's going to be two budget lines in the future it's going to be entirely military And then the other half is going to be everything domestic. And now I've lost the military as a sponsorship. All right. I know where I'm, when I'm beat, I'm just going to call it a night. Um, Oh yeah. And the Dow was flat and the NASDAQ was flat and the S&P 500 was flat and top of my head is flat. I think I'm going to call it a night. We're getting kind of late and uh, that's it. Check how fast hometown is now. Boom. Done. Look at that. Maybe two seconds, maybe. You know, by the time you can actually click on something, it's actually returning a zero response like it is so fast. Boom. It doesn't even have time anyway. Oh, wonderful. Trump is setting a date to visit the Ohio derailment village. Man, if Trump would have been president, he would have been there and caught the trains just like Buttigieg should have been. He would have caught him and just set him back on the track. He would have put out that fire with his feet. Stomp, stomp, stomp. Done. Saved all that water. Would have been huge. That's it, folks. I'm Watt. that is hometown.com. We try to bring a little levity to the news, even when it's serious. I hope to see you uh, tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern. And the AI from on high, that keeps me in check. You want to say bye to all of the Good citizens?
1: Night. <laughs> Good night, Sorry. hometown citizens. And we'll see you tomorrow.
0: We will. Well, you'll see me. I won't really see you unless you put something into the chat. But if you want to come on camera, I can fire that up. I have zero problem with that. Come and chat. Come and chat. I'll give you a link and you can come and chat in real time right there. Bing, bang, boom. I'll I'll even, I'll give you a phone number and you can just dial in. You don't even have to be on camera. Come and talk. Did you know that there is a uh advice i think a, what did they call him advice gecko he he uh dresses up in a gecko outfit and uh gives advice to people uh, that's not as real n- like is that a- real yeah there's something alliterative it's something gecko and he's on uh twitch and he gives advice to people who call in and, and uh, chat with them on um and he has like a million followers or something like that on twitch already like he just came out of the woodwork or i guess out of the out of the underbrush and he's sitting in a chair and he's sitting there drinking and eating and and chatting it up with people there's somebody else that's a wizard dresses in a wizard in an old uh chair and and does and and just talks just shoots the shit with people that what i need to do should i dress up like a gecko wizard (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) i'm leaving maybe if we get um some more followers you can do that
0: oh wonderful this is after hours folks take care